shop the biggest health and beauty brands in store or online at the lowest prices every day at Chemist Warehouse. Highlighting the pride of the Pacific, it's Pacific Flair with Peter Alatini and Ricardo Ball on ECNZ. Yeah, welcome into Pacific Flair. Uh, if you've been listening along, uh, you will know there's no Ricardo Ball in tonight. Manaya and for him on a public holiday. I hope he's enjoying his eggs. Uh, Peter Alatini in the <laughs> studio with me. Was the Easter Bunny good to you? Uh, well, all my kids are, uh, are grown now, Manaya, so, uh, so the Easter Bunny doesn't really come out, but yeah. then, but then my young fella um, who's seventeen, him and his mates, one of his mates asked his mum if uh, if they could have a treasure hunt, <laughs> so the mum went and bought them some Easter eggs uh-huh. and, and, and produced a treasure hunt on Sunday. So yeah. that cracked me up a bit, but that was the only chocolate we had. Yeah, yeah. What um, at what age do you do you stop laying out the the Easter egg uh, hunt? Mate, as soon as the, um, I reckon when they hit college, <laughs> it's all yeah. over. When they hit college, you don't bother with Easter bunnies anymore. Well, I did the um, SCNZ run home this afternoon with Mitch McLennigan, and he's got a um, I forget how old his daughter is, but it must be about six or eight <laughs> months or something. She's just big enough that he can carry her around the garden, and she can pick <laughs> oh, Easter eggs up. Well, she he carried her around the the family Easter egg hunt, and she picked up all the eggs. And they said, Nah, hang on. Hang on, you can't do that. She can't eat them. All of a sudden, he's sitting in the corner with, uh, you know. Yeah, that's that's probably the uh, the, the bonus is that uh, she may be able to pick the eggs and can't eat it, so Dad will have to yeah, uh, jump well, in there. So Mitch is going <laughs> to eat them all. Um, I think we're going to start here. The a brutal schedule for Minor Pacifica, like two games in a week. That's tough. I mean, it's tough enough for a basketball team, um, but you put a put a rugby team in Super Rugby Aotearoa. You you only let them play against the other Kiwi teams. There's no easy games. Um, what did you make of the last sort of seven days for the team? I've actually really I really felt for them, mate, and, and kind of had to really kind of sit back and, and put everything into perspective when I was watching it yeah. as well. Just just understanding the scope of the games they were playing in in, in the in the time period they were given. Um, and, and for that sake, I felt um, I know they were disappointed on the Tuesday. I remember the speech yeah. that Ali um, Alefano um, had given out to the team. But but saying in, in saying that, what he said was true around um, where they just got to keep getting better. And I think that's that's a, a true message around. They know how they can play. It's just that every week they have to turn up if they want the result they're after or yeah. the performance they're after more than anything, I think is the key for them. And, and that's that's been huge, I think, um, speech by, by Lelofano. And I think the boys took that on, especially because, you know, come Saturday it was a different uh, majority, a, a different selection. Yeah. And those boys actually played good. You know, they, played, they, they did the best they could to actually um, put the Chiefs off at times and then even created those, those couple of tries they did. Yeah, how hard is it when you're... I mean, it's essentially, like you mentioned, a completely different team playing under the same name. How how hard is that? Um, not just for the players who miss out, but for the players who are playing week in, week out, they don't know who's going to be standing next to them. I think so. It's hard to build momentum or continuity, I suppose, in the game. But I think from the other sense, if you look from the other side, it's it's a great way to keep building the squad and building this depth and, and understanding that all these guys have had some really good time, uh, field time, before they play these these next exchanges when they play um, the Trans-Tasman. So I think, in, in actual fact, that's probably been the biggest plan, knowing that we're going to play those two huge um, rounds of, of three games within those 10 days. So so I think I look at it the other way, and, and me and Ricardo were touching on it yesterday, I think it's built a, a bit of experience and a bit of understanding for these next-level players mm. um, going forward in the competition. Yeah, and you talk about new players and how, how hard it is for them adjusting, first of all, to Super Rugby, which is a massive step up from any other grade, isn't it? And then 
Second of all, a brand new team. You throw in the COVID <laughs> delays. I mean, it's a nightmare. How would you, as a as a young player, be able to wrap your head around, it or just hold on? And I think the the, the the biggest thing you've got to take from it is it's that that's what it is. The current climate. So you're yeah. going to have to accept that that's it. The second part is you're still playing footy. We're still playing in a competition, and and that's probably the, the, as a young fella. That's what you're trying to be be part of because yeah. you are a part of, of, of a new foundational team. So you actually can start to really mould it and, and just really take every opportunity to get it. I mean, I suppose it's cliche, but when you see what they've had to go through, eh, and, and you know, That's and it's been, it's been incredible. And, you know, they're showing up and, and, and I'm, I'm not um, disappointed in, in the performance. I just understand that for some, this is where they're at. They can only get better if... This is what their, their pathway to choose going forward. Yeah, and if that's their mindset, that's right. Let's get better. That's right. Every single time we step out there onto the field, I mean, any any team uh, that was thrown what Minor Pacifica have been <laughs> this year, it'd be an absolute nightmare. You know, the makeup games uh, we've seen hard enough for any of the franchises uh, to put together, let alone with the, the amount of like first year players and that. Um, we're, we're sort of at the halfway point. I don't know if it's technically as far as games played. Um, but how would you grade Moana um, Pacifica's first half of their inaugural season? They've, they've played all the Kiwi teams twice now. Um, wh- where do you think they're at versus where did you think they would be at this point? I, I really think they're ahead of what I thought they'd be at. I thought there'll be their score, uh, score lines were going to blow out a little bit more in some games. Yeah. But in, 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 um, in true heart that they've shown, and I think, you know, you've got to put it down to to the foundational part of what they've done around their culture and, and how I think they've really bought into that, which is great and been fantastic. I think that's been a, a huge part of them getting through this tough period. I think that's been massive. I, I just, I was saying this to Beaver a while ago, but that video when Sakopi Kipu mm. was named captain. Yeah. No Unreal. other team. Oh, mate, that hits the heart, that stuff, yeah. hey? There's nothing I've seen out of the Highlanders or any of these, <laughs> which these franchises have, like, rich history in that, and they've got all these great traditions, but I didn't feel emotional about that the way I did <laughs> when he was named as captain. It's just it's just so different, and I think that's the positive thing about this team is that they've got this to, to really build on, um, and I agree with you 100%. Every, every team has a different culture, and they do relay back to, to what was done before them, but because this is quite new and they have got all got their ethnic groups to really touch upon, yeah, it's just massive, and, and they kind of know um, it actually shows their why for this group going forward, and they just got to keep holding on to that, and then how how they use that when they actually perform is probably what Leila Fano was trying to get to. You know, we we know where the level of um, performance we can get to, but we've got to bring it every time they, they take the field. Yeah, and it's important that they've got key players like you mentioned, Christian and um, and Sakopi Kipu as well, and some of the experienced players. But I, I, like I was just saying before, I think it's amazing that they have such an identity already for a team that doesn't exist. Arguably more than a lot of, you know, some of, some of the others. You could accuse some of the other franchises of being a bit stale <laughs> at this oh, point. <laughs> totally, mate, totally. And, you know, it must be it must be tough on those teams. I mean, you know, it's year after year, and, and, and I think Justin touched on it where, um, you know, these teams have played each other for the last two, three years. Eh? So it's standard. The coaches must be trying to fix something new. What's yeah. the theme to keep uh, the players engaged? But uh, at the end of the day, too, everyone knows it's their job, and they have to make sure that you know they turn up ready to go. Because um, most, you know, most of the time, that's what they're judged on. So the performance is really important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, we were talking about uh, new players coming into the team. Uh, Nico Jones, son of Michael, getting a debut. What do we know about him uh, aside from the fact that he's got giant thighs? <laughs> <laughs> 
He's a, he's actually a very exciting uh, player as such, and, and and again, I touched on him. It was easy to see that that's his first Super Rugby game he's debuted in. Yeah. Um, he's only trained, I think, with the Blues in the previous season. He hasn't had much kind of lead in either playing NPC rugby with Auckland, um, having hardly any games yeah. last year. So it was it was a huge step, and I'm, I'm pretty sure pretty emotional too for him, knowing that that Dad's uh, you know part of the, the Moana um, Pacifica committee or, or set yes. up of getting this team over the line. But uh, you know I think it's it's something for him um, to really uh, hold upon, and I think he'll get better. He just needs more game time because. He's got outstanding skill sets. He could, I saw a couple of times the ball carrying, getting to the outside. He's got great footwork. He's got great skills like his old man had with the old yeah. ball handling skills. So I think only time, we just just give him time to, to really settle into this level and, and we'll probably see the best going forward. This is something that came up on the um, on the run home earlier on this afternoon. We had a text coming actually. I think I've still got it in front of me. Um, and the text was uh, thinking how, how proud you'd be if you were Mr. and Mrs. Frizzell, um, parents of Tyson and <laughs> Shannon Frizzell, who were separated, they grew up um, you know, apart from each other. And and I was just saying, I don't ever want to hear someone say that it doesn't matter about genetics, because it absolutely <laughs> does. There's no amount of training I could do that would uh, get me into the, the Newcastle Knights <laughs> or, or into the Otago Highlanders. But yeah, like you say, with... Um, with uh, uh, not Michael Jones, Nico, Nico Jones. Yeah, getting the start. Uh, there's some things you can't coach. Oh, mate. And, and like I said, it's his, it was his first game. He would have been, mostly he would have been quite nervous at times. A couple of uh, little errors there, here and there. But he's just finding his way. And like I said, the more he, he gets time, especially at seven too, the more he gets time at seven, um, I think I think he's got the skill set to be a really good seven. Nine points outside the top eight as the uh, table stands at the moment. I'm just bringing it up in front of me. Um, right now the draw the Landers, the Melbourne Shambles are just above them. Um, all within about sort of the five, six, seven point range and there's still another, what, six odd games to go. What sort of what sort of chance do you give them of making the eight? I mean, mathematically, doable? How do you think they're going to go in this, I think this second uh, half? Definitely doable. Uh, it's doable for the boys, especially coming off, off this campaign against New Zealand teams. But I think the, the, the other side is that it is doable. But seeing it being doable and getting it done, you got to go and do you've it. You got to go and do it, and that's that's their challenge. Uh, they know, they know they're gonna. Um, there's gonna be uh, more uh, chances given to them, opportunities in these next games they play. However, they still got to execute. Um, you know, there's some key uh, areas where they got exposed um, with these New Zealand teams, which mm. no doubt the Australian teams would have picked up on, especially in their set pieces. You know, defending the mall, um, getting their scrums up. So, I think. Teams, the Aussie teams will be definitely looking at those areas to expose them. So as long as the boys, I suppose, and no doubt um, the coaches and management will be doing their homework to try and fix these things coming um, before the, the next game this weekend. As someone who arguably uh, peaked at five years old in, in Primus, um, it's hard for me to gauge how good the Australian teams are against um, the teams in the New Zealand conference. So you, you talk about that, obviously, looking at the things that you can exploit with Minor Pacifica, but... Do you think that realistically a lot of those teams can um, you know, execute that at the level that the New Zealand teams have? Uh, look, it's, uh, I think with, with some of those Aussie teams, you, you're better, the, the two top teams definitely. They, they've got a uh, pretty good players across the board there with the school set that could probably perform under pressure. Mm. I think some of these these other teams, I know the, the Rebels, uh, or the Shambles, you the call shambles, them, yeah. they're, they're starting to get some some of their Wallaby players, and they're a different team compared to what they were yeah, at the beginning, beginning of the season. They've a couple of my multis <laughs> <laughs> no, recently. No, same, yeah. same. So, so, look, I think there's definitely... 
Both sides. I know there'll be um, the the minor would definitely have to lift their physicality, you know, keep their physicality as where it's at yeah. to really undo some of these teams and really um, just take those opportunities they're given. Yeah, beauty. All right, well, we're going to take a quick air break on the other side. I didn't want to waste the chance to talk to an all-black midfielder about the all-black <laughs> midfield, so we'll do that after this. Yeah, Peter Alatini, but no Ricardo Bormanaya in for him. And we're watching one of the most bizarre games of rugby league going on at the moment. Parramatta taking on the West Tigers. And it's 20-all with seven minutes to go. What's happening? What is happening? What is doing? Kim Mamalo scored a try, I believe. Um, was going to bet on him, I didn't. <laughs> oh, I should have taken yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Ben was getting in my ear at that point as well. <laughs> he was very excited when uh, Ken dotted down and I had nothing on it. Um, we, we are talking uh, Moana Pacifica, but I didn't want to waste the opportunity to talk to an all-black uh, midfielder about the all-black midfield. We talked about it uh, with Justin Marshall on In the Red about half an hour ago. And even the issues that they're having. <laughs> yeah. um, at centre, where they've got Havili, they've got uh, Big Lester, they've got uh, Braden Enors coming back. Anton Leonard Brown's out for six months, so that's the All Black season this year scratched. Who do you see as the, the midfield for the All Blacks? To be honest, man, it is, it is tough at the moment. I think, um, bearing from the weekend, because he didn't play in the weekend, but Quintu has been pretty solid at 12. Yep. I think he's been he's been pretty um, consistent. Um, obviously, Rico to me in the weekend showed some obviously some good speed. Twice chased down Will Jordan, oh. which I just couldn't believe. I couldn't believe that. And obviously, that saving tackle in the corner. He's got incredible like top end pace. That's right. That that uh, rundown try uh, try saver against I forget it might have been the Australians last year. I think it might have even been Karevi. Um And yeah, he, yeah, he, I know. he burned them down. It's just it's incredible the the pace he's got. But the, doesn't he? Kind of still feel like a winger playing at centre? We, we had this conversation. What for me at, at times is still the defence reads. Although he's catching those guys, he's, he's still having to turn. Um, and I think because he backs his... He backs his pace to, to yeah. make it up. But you know, remember in Test Rugby, as soon as they break their line, that's ball going forward on top and, and you'll get punished heavily. So um, so but one one guy who's been impressing consistently, I remember me and Ricardo talking about him too, is Nankerville. Yeah. Alex Nankua, yeah. and he again he showed some great touches in the weekend. But even the weekend before, seems to be just running great holes. He doesn't overplay it, if you know what I mean. Just really does his, his role really, yeah, rolls really well. But in saying that, he's everywhere. He's kind of scoping, and and both his attack and defence are very very tidy. So, yeah, very, really tough to go. I've, I don't haven't seen too much of Geordie. Um, uh, at 12, kind of still kind of, mm. I mean, he's only second three games in into that space. RTS is still coming back yeah. from, from where he's been. The Imanga Jensen's, again, brothers have been either off of and them. on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> either of them have been injured one way or the other. Yeah. So it is a big cluster in there of, of who to go. But And, and to me, I, I don't think one, one guy I have been a little bit disappointed with is David Harvilli because right. I really rated him going um, and deserves deservingly um, getting his test call up last year. Yeah. I just felt like he hasn't quite found that kind of form as yeah. such. You know? so, I kind of felt at the end of the, the All Black season last year there was a lot of people sort of saying they were a little bit disappointed with him or, or that he didn't rise to what they were expecting. But I also felt like there was a lot asked of him on that tour. Like, he was, you know, asked to get them out of some pretty hairy situations. And Yeah, I thought I thought the game plan they were playing with him trying to bash it up yes, all the time, yeah. I just didn't think he suited, especially when they started playing South Africa. And I thought it might change the second time they played, still did the same. And then obviously the UK tour. And knowing full well around that, I don't think he's that kind of player. I think he's got so much no. more skill sets to him. And he showed it on, 
on um, Saturday where that pass you just put wall yeah. um, on the outside of Talia and they scored. So that's for me, that's that's where his strengths lie. I feel like his passing game, his kicking game, and then when they all go, he's actually still got the footwork to be able to break through and offload. I feel like he's suffering from what I like to call uh, Ma'anonu syndrome, <laughs> where because he's such a devastating ball runner, people think that's all he can do, and they don't realise he can actually do all this other stuff. I agree. Um, Beaver talks about... An, you know, when you're talking about midfield selections, it really depends on who your other midfielders are. You want a, a 12 and a 13 that can do different things. Does that factor in? Like, do, if there was one player who stood up, put their hand up, and said, "I'm going to be the 12," say for example, it was Geordie, um, would that impact who you put in at 13, or do you just think it's whoever the best player is? Yeah, there's there's definitely that part because you've, you've got to be able to adapt in, in both those positions and got to adapt to the play inside you. And mm. I think that's that's one thing as a midfielder. Um, I think it's evolved where guys that who are becoming just create ball crashes as such, you see they have to evolve their game because it just gets so predictable. And the other side is you're only going to get bashed so many times and your body won't be able to take it yeah. anymore, right? So it's it's really getting that combo. And, and the players that can kind of adapt to each other, I think, you know, um, can show form and go forward. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've got about two minutes left here. Just before we go, the Western Force up next for Moana Pacifica. How do you see this one going? I'm going Moana. It's going to be Moana's got an opportunity to take this one. Um, however, they, like we said before, these opportunities are going to come for them in these games against the Australian teams. Boys have just got to got, got to roll the sleeves up and, and put forward. Yeah, absolutely. They've actually got an okay uh, schedule to start the uh, the Australian <laughs> side. They're taking on the Rebels uh, after that, and then the Waratahs. The graph starts getting a little steeper <laughs> at that point, um, but only as we mentioned, what is it, eight nine points to make up. And with uh, the rest of the Australian teams getting absolutely pummeled uh, by those top-tier New Zealand teams, you'd, you'd think, there's a chance. But it's much like the Warriors' season. Got to get off to a flyer here. <laughs> That's the one, mate. They've got to, and they are an emotional team, so I feel if they start well, they should be able to keep going. Whenever they, there's been a couple of games where they've had like back-to-back tries or a 15-minute stretch where you know they're starting to put a bit of momentum together. The coach's box is going nuts. Like, you never see that. I love that. You eh? never see that. You wouldn't see Razor doing it unless he's breakdancing at the end of the year. But Aaron Major and co. in there. Oh, mate, because everything must be bonus, you know. They're, they're just rolling things out and things that come off for them at the moment. They've got to take – you've got to celebrate any little moment you get, especially playing the New Zealand teams, I'd say. It's magnified, yeah. But, but, but every now and then there's that feeling with Minor Pacifica – they're going to take this game over here. That's this week, Manoa. That's, that's this, this week. week, mother. That's this week, so you can tune into that game. Um, the first of what will hopefully be a winning streak for the team as they charge back into uh, title contention. Thanks very much for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, cheers, Peter. It was a great time, Always mate. a pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. Cheers.